Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining me today because this is really epic. This is really heartfelt and special to me because my brother, Larry, is my guest. Welcome to the show, Larry. Hey, Marsh. Good to hear from you. I'm Good Oregon to hear from you as... Pardon me? <laughs> I'm already getting teary-eyed. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> get your Kleenex, because this could be emotional for both of us today, and that's really okay, because what are we talking about? We're talking about growing up burgers. Now, his name has never changed, all right? My name has. Um, and for those of you that don't know how we spell burger, our grandpa couldn't spell when he came from in from <clears throat> Europe to, to Duluth, I mean to Canada, Canada, Canada. into Duluth. And right. so he put an H in there, right, Lair? So it's B-E-R-G-H-E-R, burger. Okay. For some it's burger. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny how people yeah, would say that? People. So uh-huh. I know. Well, as as a school teacher, and we're going to be talking about that, people certainly need, needed to know how to say Mr. Burger. But they before did. we get to that part, um, I just want people to know that um, we grew up in a very modest community, truly. It was developed kind of right after the war in a community called Manchester Square, which is really part of the larger community of Westchester, where I currently still live, and that is in the city of Los Angeles. And, man, a lot has happened, Larry, since the neighborhood that we grew up in happened. I know. It's all gone. I know. It's just not there anymore. But let's let's just start sharing, all right? And one of the things that comes to my mind that I'd like to know from you is what are some of your best childhood memories? Well, you know, when I think of my childhood, I think of baseball because I lived a life of baseball through Little League and Pony League and Colt League and high school baseball. You know, that was probably a dominant thing in my childhood. But I also remember Dad putting up the basketball court in the back of the garage mm-hmm. and uh, playing basketball with my dad back there uh, and also in the garage, always tinkering you know, with with things that he was, he always had something he was doing in the garage. And when he was there doing that stuff, I was there taking apart a tube radio or taking apart a clock <laughs> and trying to figure out how it goes back together again. Not that I put it back together again, but <laughs> I I did tinker a lot with that. And I think that's uh, part of where my creativity comes from, just those early years. Just the wondering of, you know, how do I fix this or how do I take it apart and and just uh, just analyzing all that in my childhood manner of doing things. 
But I also think about you know, besides what's in Marsh. What? No, go ahead, Larry. I want to I want to add something else. You continue. I was going to change a different course. So if you want to add about that, go ahead. Add to that. Well, you know what I remember, Larry, is because Dad was working for Caltrans, and yeah. so he went to work very very early. It meant he came home by 3.30. And what did he do? He took a nap. And why did he take a nap? Because he was your Little League coach, and he had to get you to Little League, right? Right. (laughs) But he taught in basketball. But, Larry, am I crazy? Didn't he also teach you archery? Well, I did archery and golf and other things like that, too, which I was going to mention as well, but maybe not at this moment of the question. But, yeah, uh, that as well. Yes, come back to that. But I also okay. remember a lot of our vacations was always camping. Yep. And uh, I think my some of my, a couple of my favorite spots that I always think of is in the Redwoods at Hidden Springs. Love that campsite. Go and see the Valley of the Giants, the Redwoods, mm-hmm. and Yellowstone because that was a monumental trip we took going through all the different states to Yellowstone and to Old Faithful and Jackson Hole. <sighs> Uh, Mayor, the, the the Western Shootout, and, and down the main street there, Jackson at Jackson Hole. You yes. know, we got to. Yes. That was lots lots of fun. So I mean, those are some of the things that come to mind first as far as best memories. I'm sure if I thought more, I could find more examples. But those are the ones that I first think about uh, when you ask me about childhood memories. You know, I forgot about yeah, the trip. What about trip. you? To Yellowstone, because what did I do? I slept. I was bored. I, don't, I, was, I just, like, slept in the car. I mean, oh, there were buffaloes. Oh, really? I guess you missed them. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned camping, Lair, because I was going to also mention camping, but I, I'm going to mention a couple of places you did not mention, which was Munns Lake. After oh, Dad did summer camp. I, I didn't get to that one the... yet. <laughs> okay, that, maybe you're going to mention yeah, that. <laughs> okay, so I'll leave that aside. But let me tell you, when you asked me about sort of childhood um, memories, I think about when I was a kid, all right, and those roller skates that had the key, Yes. Um, how to play jacks, because Mom taught me how to bounce the ball up in the air, pick up the jacks, get the ball before, it, before, right. before the ball hit right. the ground. Sitting on the front porch, I remember doing that. I remember getting out chalk and playing hopscotch, and hide-and-go-seek. And then there was Linda Leroy. How can I not mention right. her? She has been... Oh, Kick the Can was another one. But yeah. when Linda moved from Minnesota to our neighborhood in the fifth grade, she really became my sister. And we, yeah. she, we still refer to ourselves as twins, but uh, she's like a five inches taller, and she's got long blonde hair. But, you know, we still think of ourselves as twins. Um, yeah. Plus, plus, I just want to mention one other thing, and I and I don't know how we're, how this road that we're taking will be will be going, but I just want to mention a little bit about family. Larry, I can remember when we were in elementary school. So our our grandma on the mom's on our mom's side, Henrietta, we knew her yeah. as little children. Do you remember the pink box? Mm, not. Not really, I don't think. You don't? Okay, so she would take the bus, she'd get off right there on aviation, cross the street, walk towards the elementary school, and she'd always have a pink box because there were always cookies. That I, oh, I, that, okay. that just came to me. <laughs> yeah, right, so, right, right. Really? I would, you I remember mean, that I now? I wasn't thinking cookies when you said that. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
And, and on, on our mom, <laughs> this is so funny. And on our mom's side, this was a very small family. We never knew our grandpa. No. In fact, my name Marsha Emma is named after him. His name was Marvin. That's where the M comes from. Okay. But we do share a cousin from that union, which is our cousin Phil and his his, his wife Susan, who, who who we are still in contact with. But holy cow, you know, one of the reasons I thought about Memorial Day was thinking about Dad and being in the armed services and his enormous family. My God, there were six girls and four boys and 17 first cousins. And I talked to Brent probably every other week, and he's like a like another brother to me. So we're very fortunate. There goes the jets over the house <laughs> to the airport. <laughs> There you go. Isn't that funny? So um, when um, you think about mom and dad, because this is really about them as well, um, what memories do you cherish the most? Well, you kind of beat me the punch on Munz Lake because I always think of Munz Lake. You do? And I think, well, for more than one reason, but I remember dad kind of teaching me about fishing at Munz Lake. Yeah. Up on the bridge. And yes. we'd be with uh, the Newsonels. Uh, yes. A lot of times when we went there, it seemed like. Or you took Linda with you. Uh, yes, on a but trip. the Newsonels, you're uh, right. Yeah, and uh, so I remember how excited uh, Elaine was when I came back with this little tiny, like six inch fish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I caught a fish six inches long. Oh boy, you know. But uh, and then then I also did fishing off the barge uh, in the ocean. We caught about seven or eight mackerel and. He buried him under that fruit tree in the backyard. Oh, yeah. So, 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 yeah, fishing was one of the things that I first think about. Cause, and because also that's not there anymore. It's at the bottom right. of Castaic Lake. It's gone. It's covered right. over with a big lake. <laughs> but, that's uh, so funny. You know, and, and just, you know, throwing the baseball with Dad, uh, you know, when he was get from his nap. <laughs> and are going out there with that old, rusty, uh, right-handed six-iron. That, uh, But yet I was left-handed. So uh, my first experience of golf was with the club from the wrong side of the ball, so to speak. Uh, he didn't know until later that, that I was actually left-handed and got left-hand golf clubs later on. Um, and Dad's pancakes. You know, they're a they're oh, tradition. God. Oh, and Mom's lots and eggs with bacon. Yes. Isn't it interesting, Larry, how, and I think this is probably the same in many families, how food is part of the, of the journey. I mean, dad's pancakes were the best, but he was so frugal. I can remember the foil. that when he would <laughs> fry the bacon, uh-huh. he would put uh, aluminum foil right All all, 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 by the burners. And then he'd yeah. fold it up and use it again the next time, That's right? That's right. That's right. If it didn't get too greasy, he would use it again. Yes, he fold it and use it again. <laughs> oh, and, my uh, since, God. Uh, although I was going to mention also about mom's sewing and knitting. I mean, she was a constant sewing, crocheting, you know, uh, knitting something, whether it be your clothes, sweaters, uh, uh, afghans. I still have one Afghan. One, the other kind of fell apart a little bit, but I still have one of the two. Uh, and all these years, just tucked away in, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, armoire, uh, saved yeah. it, still, you know, 
So I, that too. But the other thing too, I think about again, tradition and food is Thanksgiving. That was always a, a pretty big tradition for our family, even though we didn't necessarily have people over so much uh, for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. But it still was something really look forward to Thanksgiving meals, and especially Mom's chopped liver. She made yeah. the best chopped liver. She made yeah. the best chopped liver. Yeah. Oh and they take God. that old grinder. We even have one of those grinders still. It's not Mom's. I do too. The, the best. But um, mm-hmm. and I haven't used it, but I always wish I kind of could use it to just grind up some stuff like like Mom and Dad used to do, you know, with the onions and eggs and liver and stuff. But maybe I'd grind up something else instead. But you know, uh, <laughs> I, I see that I think fondly of it. And then of course there's a passing of the torch with the mashed potato uh, masher. That uh, yep. for years I was the masher of the mashed potatoes, and now having gone from being a young person to being an old fart adult. <laughs> uh, the torch gets passed on to Daniel. Now, Daniel, uh, I actually didn't really want to pass the torch to Daniel's match, to tell you the truth. I still did it for quite a long time, and finally I had to succumb to the idea of, okay, I guess I'll let Daniel finally be the potato masher. So I relinquished the uh, the uh, chore of, uh, it wasn't really a chore, but uh, the duty of uh, mashing, the, mashing the potatoes for Thanksgiving. You know, um, It's so funny, and... Who has that potato, that specific potato masher today? I do. <laughs> yes, you do. It's still in great shape. So was that long fork. I have that too. It's still yes. good, as good as ever, you know. But uh, and the and other thing I want to mention. Oh, well, go on. What? Yes. No, I was the other thing I want to mention that I'll, that comes to mind too. Whenever I talk to people about parents' uh, fruit trees, I think of Grandma, Grandpa's house and that yep. apricot tree. Dad and I go there with with cardboard boxes and just kind of pick a zillion billion apricots. If I wasn't eating them before they got into the box, I didn't get my <laughs> yes. sick to my stomach after eating too many. But uh, they were I, I can't buy apricots in the market because I compare them to what grandma grandma's apricots tasted like, and they were so sweet and so good mm-hmm. that it's such a disappointment to buy one in the store because they are never sweet like that. So I no. just don't want to buy apricot in the store. Now, if someone has an apricot tree, and that's another story maybe, you know. And um, so, and you know, you mentioned Phil already, but and, and Brent, and, and when I think about Grandma's house, I think about, you know, our Sundays and uh, every Sunday going to Grandma Grandpa's house, you know, and yep. uh, seeing, seeing our cousins there. And uh, we, we, we saw more of uh, Brent and Stephen uh, with our Aunt Reeve and Uncle Harvey, them mm-hmm. more than most of our other burger cousins, uh, and 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 Terry and Ellen from uh, mm-hmm. Harry and Anita and I used to love to play. Uh, Terry and I'd go to back behind the apartment building in the alley, and he'd have a catcher's mitt, and I'd have my glove and hardball. I never never went there without picking a hardball and my glove, because I always know if Terry was there, we we're going to go out in the alley, and I was going to pitch pitch baseballs to him. Yep. So that was that was something I look forward to, and then of course uh, on the other side, you know Phil and his wife Susan. Of course, Susan was not in the picture back then, but you know mm-hmm. uh, the fact that we still see them every so often, which is great. And, yes, uh, it is. So that was another important part of living in Aunt June. You know, and go to go to the apartment. And I said, when are we going to the pool? When are we going to the pool? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know. That's so work. that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, and and. Also, two other things I want to mention, though, was I said baseball was a very important part of my life, and in saying so, so was playing baseball with Joey. Oh yeah. And uh, 
not live anymore, but uh, no. I would go over to his duplex and we'd play his duplex. His mother hated the fact that the ball's always banging against the wall, you know. <laughs> yep. And mom would come out the back door and yell out, dinner time, you know. Okay, I, yes. I got to go home and eat dinner now, you know. It was, it was just about dark before we'd ever stop, you know. And uh, and the Korean side a, Yeah. I was say Richard across the street in the alley. Right. You know, always right. watch him building something spurred me to want to be creative, you know, and use my creativity because I saw what he was doing. I said, well, I could do something like that. You know, I could be creative like that. Sure. So those are things that, I, you know, I memories I cherish a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, by virtue of the time, I'm going to make what I'm going to say very brief about this because otherwise we're not going to get to all of these questions. You yeah. mentioned mom sewing. Okay. So I don't know if you knew that mom worked after she graduated from high school at Dorsey High, so she's a local product. Um, she um, got a job at Rosemary Reed's making swimming suits. Right. Uh-huh. And she was an, an expert seamstress. So as you yes, mentioned, she, she made all of mm-hmm. my clothes. She then became a knitter, and she knit my my sweaters, she knit sweaters for you, she knit sweaters she for dad, she knit dresses for herself, some of which I yes. still have. But uh-huh. here's the irony. Not only could I barely thread a needle, when I was in junior high at Airport Junior High and we had to take a sewing class, uh-huh. and one of the first assignments was making a pillowcase where all you had to <laughs> yes. do was make a straight line with the, with the stitch, I got a uh-huh. D on that. Yeah, you can sew straight line to save your life. I straight. <laughs> and yet I, I became I, the seamstress person, not you. That's right. Well, anyway, so there you have it. <laughs> so let's let's talk about school. I had mentioned um, 98th Street School, and we had we had also I had also mentioned that our community, as it once was, is no longer once it once was. No. In fact, um, they're in the final stages. I think by by sometime next year, the people mover, it's going to look like a Disney ride, is literally going to take people from where we grew up, where we went to elementary yep. school, and this massive car rental and um, parking structure up and over aviation, up and over Century, and into the right. terminals. That's happening right. right now as we speak. It's, it's unbelievable. Right. But it let's is. talk about – it is huge – so let's talk about school life for us. We already mentioned 98th Street School. Tell us a little bit about your experiences in Westchester schools. Well, you know, when when that question came up and I thought about it, the funny thing, funny thing about that, the first thing that I really thought about was a person in my childhood that I knew that I reconnected with 50 years later, Jackie Burke. And oh, we're yes. friends today, and we still stay in touch. And because uh, she was like my first girlfriend in elementary school, mm. lasted for about two weeks. I gave her a plastic <laughs> ring for a Cracker Jack box. That was that was the mm. ring she got. Like oh, she that's funny. It, <laughs> so that that's one thing I always think about um, when I think about those days. Uh, the other thing I think about the the, the difficulty I had was my what you would call it now a learning disorder. Uh huh. Because mom and dad didn't know. That I was really left-hand dominant. They just assumed they're right-handed. I'm right-handed, right? So going through school, I, I I wrote with my right hand. I drew with my right hand, and it created a lot of problems as I was, you know, as we became more um, 
educated as, as in, in elementary school to where I had difficulties with how I put words in the wrong order, let's say. I wasn't dyslexic in mm-hmm. lettering, but just the wrong order of words. Until so they had me tested, realized I was actually left-handed. And then I had to learn to write left-handed and learn to draw left-handed, which was really hard, frustrating to draw left-handed. And uh, I got through really only, and that was like I was in the fifth grade, the discovery. And I made it through sixth grade writing left-handed, but when I got into junior high school, I couldn't keep up with my left hand. And I ended up actually reversing back to my right hand. But at least I got to a point where I could think before I spoke, think before mm-hmm. I write, <laughs> and not mm-hmm. make as many mistakes, let's say, as, as I did growing up. So that was, that was um, you know, a very challenging time for me. And I, I, I'm sure it, it has affected me my entire life, really, to some degree, you know. I worked uh-huh. with an adult, but still, it definitely has affected me. Um, and, and junior high school, you know, my that's when I really saw my first passion um, in in art. I think because that's where I took an art class there in, in Woodshop too. I think, um, but uh, I really enjoyed art in in junior high school. In fact, I should have been a golf architect because when I'd go to the library supposedly to do my homework, and rarely I'd end up drawing. Golf course, golf course layouts. The entire time I was in there, you know, all hmm. the trees, the rough, the sand traps, all that stuff. I was drawing those all the time. I should have been an architect. Um, and I played baseball and basketball in high school. Uh, and in summers, you know, we would uh, play uh, at the schoolyard. When, when we were younger, we go to play schoolyard as, as children. But when we were older, we'd sneak over the uh, fence. Joey and I and Dennis Mueller and uh, I, I actually one the guy that was the big guy I can't keep forgetting his name all the time Larry Porter go, Larry Porter and we'd go over the fence and we'd play over the line on the blacktop there because they had a mm-hmm. high fence that we liked to I hit the ball for home runs so we were like like doing it there or we'd go to the junior high school play there but I mean that was something that that we did a lot in the summertime uh, that we couldn't do during school time you know right so. Uh, well, those are some that that you know. Then, of course, then from there is just going on to the high school and those things. So uh, right. Um, well, you know, I let me ask you. Let me let me mention this right now. We we didn't grow up in a strong religious household. Both of our parents no. were Jewish, um, and but we didn't belong to temple. We no. did light the menorah. We did not have a Christmas tree. We didn't go to school on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but we also didn't go to temple. So we really weren't, but I mean, we knew what we ate for Passover. We knew we always had potato pancakes. We knew we always had brisket. You became the brisket cutter. You inherited that responsibility too. Um, (laughs) But we didn't really grow up in a strong religious household. But did that change as you grew older and became more independent? Uh, You know, when we were young, we did go to Sunday school. Well, I don't know if you actually went that time or not. I went to Sunday school, put it that way. One time, okay. I remember it was Dad. I don't know if Mom was there or not, if it was all of us there, I don't know. All I remember about that, I went to Sunday school one day, and Dad came to check on how things were going, and everyone in Sunday school were throwing crowns all over the room, and Dad said, <laughs> that's it, we're out of here. And that was the end of my Sunday school experience as a child growing up. <laughs> Wow, that that's was, funny. That was that was a religious connection there as a child growing up. That, that ended there. Besides our, of course, our other kind of celebrations. But mm-hmm. uh, when I got out of high school, I got involved with Hillel at West LA College, 
and actually was the president of Hillel uh, that, that, that my second year at the, at the JC. And we connected with uh, Santa Monica JC to kind of coordinate activities and things to do like that. So that was, and that kind of got me more connected to the Jewish community. So I think that was probably the first time I really felt more Jewish, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, of course, we celebrated our Jewish holidays, like you said, and the culture was was uh, was more the thing than going to temple. The temple was not uh, what was going on in our lives. It's just the, it's the mm-hmm. celebration of the of the holidays is more that. Uh, and of course, I loved our Passover dinner, especially when Mom made matzo ball soup. Oh yeah, I God. always look forward to the matzo ball soup. You, you know. bet. Uh, and then, well, Monica, let me course, ask you, you know, this. Let, let me yeah. ask you this because I, I would like to get to some of these other questions because I think yeah. that they're all so interesting and informative. So, what activities? And I think you maybe have touched on some of these, but what activities really sort of helped shape your life? Yeah, I did touch on some of these, actually, so I'll go through them quicker. But as I said, tinkering in the garage with Dad was one of them. Yep. That helped shape my creative life. Uh, watching Dad do all the projects he did, like I, I just, I always amazed me when I remember him building that cinder block wall around the back of the house. Yes, that was a exactly. huge project. It took him a long time to do it, mm-hmm. but it is so much work. But you know, I learned about masonry and laying brick and those things by watching him until the point is that I needed to do it for myself. And I'd have him come help me a little bit to do that. But I learned through him that art of doing that. So uh, that that's another one of those items. Um, my interest in art, you know, uh, started in junior high school, but it really increased in high school, especially when I had uh, Mrs. Z, uh, Mrs. Z, my art teacher, yeah. and my workshop teacher, Mr. Ulrich. And my drafting oh, teacher, yes. Mr. Spinoza, because I learned how to draw three-dimensionally through my, archi- my, my uh, drafting teacher's class. And, of course, I love woodwork. So uh, those three teachers had a lot to do with my interest in art. And um, getting away from home, finally, uh, even though I was away for the summer involved with the Hillel program before I went away to college to San Jose, Cal State San Jose, but then I finally got away from home, so I really started you know, live my life and started to be independent that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to mention my first wife, Jan, and the journey to her came through playing slow pitch softball. Oh, with I remember. Butch. Right. And through Butch, I met Jenny, who worked with the same, worked at Hughes Aircraft where Butch did. And through Jenny, I met her friend, Joy. And through Joy, I met Jan and married Jan. So right. that was also, you know, uh, helped shape my life definitely. And uh, of course, came our kids, Daniel and, and Rachel, you know, from that from that marriage. And lastly, right. uh, you know, two people in my life that have always been there for me, and my friend Larry and my friend Jimbo. I've known them for forty plus years. Right. You know, I've known them uh, since I was becoming a, a young young adult, and, and right. still now today. So. Um, that helped shape, shape my life too. They're important. They're important. You bet it did. You, know. you, you bet it did. Yeah. And yeah. how? You, so you mentioned you went to San Jose State. You got your bachelor's degree there. And then where did you go from San Jose State? That's true. So I went to uh, Cal State Long Beach to get my teaching credential, which led me to education. Okay, Mr. Berger, the art teacher. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Okay. Well. Um, 
my major was design craft. And, you know, back in the 70s, flower children, love, and all that, you know. Everything was about tie-dye and batik and stitchery. So I took a whole year yep. of that of my two years there. Anna Bellerian was my uh, teacher in, in, the, in the fabrics, which was interesting because of those full year of taking courses two semesters in a row with her, um, I was the only male in the class. Really? <laughs> only one. And and she doted mm. over me, so I really kind of pissed off all the, <laughs> the women uh, <laughs> students in the class. But mm. uh, but that was lots of fun. I learned a lot about you know, working with fabrics and sewing and stitching. And mom helped a little bit at times when I came home from vacation for, for a trip, you know, to do a project. Say, hey, mom, can you sew the straight line for me on this? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to do it, but I let her say, you do it, mom. <laughs> so um, and then the other thing about that was uh, my art education teacher, Doris Standifer, who who I, I'm not sure how I knew her exactly beforehand necessarily, other than the fact she suggested to me that once you try art education class uh, as an elective and see what you think of that. Um, and that's what turned me on to teaching. She was the one. Because mm-hmm. what I went through in art in college, that sounds sad, I thought, this is not marketable. How am I going to make an income as an artist with what I'm doing here, I, and I realized that, you know, that isn't going to work, but being an art teacher, I love working with kids, so mm-hmm. I could, you could be involved in my art and help others learn about art and enjoy art, appreciate art, and so that's kind of where that all came from. You know, it's so interesting, Larry. I'm, I'm, I'm dialing back, and some of the things that I have in my house, some of the things that you did, you... You weren't so much the artist, like, let me have a pen and let me teach you how to draw, although you could do that. I could. But you could. But you, you mentioned boutiquing, but you also you, you mentioned tie-dyeing. But you also did macrame. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, macrame. You did macrame? I did all that stuff. I did all that stuff. Yes. And what about the, what about the, didn't you make a, wait a minute. Didn't you didn't you win an award when you were in high school? I did actually. You, I was in Woodshop, you, I made my my uh, Danish modern chair. Right, I still have it today. Yes, and what I, do I have yeah. in my house? I have your wire man. Uh huh. Right. You right. you made a, you made the thinker sitting right. on a manzanita right. branch that is and of course, currently in my family room as we speak, made and, out and, of wire. You know, wire. my art wasn't all about. You know, just doing, like you said, drawing or painting or even sculpting is also about just art around my home and all the projects I've done in my house or outside my house. Right. You know, the garden projects, all I've done. I took out all the grass out and re- redid all that, the rock landscaping and plants and, uh, and brick planter, brick planters and, and you know, concrete and, and flagstone work and all those kind of things that are, to me, a very important part of my art as well, for that matter. Well, it, what's so interesting about you is that you you do see your life through a lens that many people don't see. You know, Very you true. see things, and it's like, oh, I know how. I'm I'm going to take this project on. God knows that's what Dad did all the time. I mean, there wasn't a project right. he didn't take on, right? Like like right. when you mentioned brick, building that brick wall. You know, before he built the brick wall, first of all, we got boots. We got a dog. We had to be able to close the dog in. Right, right. And, um, 
you know, and 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 you and you think about where we lived. We had a single home, but across the alley from us was a duplex, which is like you said, where where Richard and Bruce and David lived. And if you right. kept looking straight across, that's where Joey lived, and next that's door where, is where lived, Linda right. lived. You I know, had to look out the window and see if he's outside doing something to see if I could go over and play baseball with me. Is Joey out there? Oh yeah. And if we were playing baseball, we're in his house bowling. I was going to say you bowling. Bowling ball and his plastic bowling, bowling pins, and we're bowling in his family room and make his mother crazy because of all the noise from knocking down the plastic bowling pins. That's so I did funny. Did that all the time too. <laughs> now, I did bowling too, but I also used the bowling alley for something. Else. Do you know what it was? Uh, is that where you went to smoke? Oh, I think you're right. I used <laughs> to hide my cigarettes in the locker there because uh-huh, uh-huh. mom smoked. So right. I thought, well, I'm going to be cool. I'm right, the shortest right. one. I'm the youngest one. I have don't have the cute hair that all the other surfer girls had. No, my flip looked like a sausage. Not to mention my buck tooth, so I had to get <laughs> braces for that. And I, my I was awkward. Also. What's that, Larry? Yeah. And I had the buck tooth also. I felt awkward too going through high school. Yes. Called me, you know, what a metal mouth for four years in high school because I didn't get a didn't get a month of high school. Didn't get off to the day before I got my graduation picture at high school, pretty much. It's it's interesting. So there I was smoking Terryton. Now, I started with Newport and. Um, all the cool and all the menthol cigarettes. And then, you know, we're, we went to a Brent's Bar Mitzvah, and they have cigarettes on the table like centerpieces, like flowers. It's like, well, heck, I'm going to have a cigarette. And it's like, you're smoking in front of your parents? Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, I started smoking. Now, yeah, you I, I significantly quit smoking significantly quit smoking because at that point I had met Butch and they were doing commercials and there was a commercial because this is when they were starting to have the Surgeon General come out and talk about the the poor effects of of, exactly we didn't know then and so um, this there was a wedding, and they're playing the they're playing music, and the bride and the groom are getting into the car, and and they've got the cans behind the car, and then they're saying until death do us part, and I went oh God, I don't want to die, and right. I quit smoking right. from that commercial, and I have never smoked since. It's interesting. It's cold turkey like know, that. That's cool me? too. Yes, the dad did. smoked also. He went cold turkey. Mom had a lot of hard time stopping, but she eventually she, she did. did. She she yeah. sure did. Yeah. So in yeah. going back to dad, because he was he was very artistic, Larry. I actually still have because I don't know. I guess I never found anything that should be thrown away. I have a folder from when we were in junior high, where I did a report on Galileo, uh-huh. and dad did the artwork of the telescope on that folder. Right. Right, yeah, right. I still have that. So right. is I, I, I know that we sort of talked about that, and that art is still an important part of your life today, because it really is, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's, um, and for people that aren't, who don't think they're artistic, 
well, we all are in our own ways, you know, but don't, don't, don't think they are. When you're, when you're raised, when you, when you grow up to become an artist, art is a process of the way you see your daily life. It's a way of solving problems. It may not be a problem of solving a painting. It may be solving a problem of how you're going to get from A to B. You know, it may be solving problems that are not art-related, but it's problem-solving. And what's the most creative way to solve the problem? So you, I see things through that lens you're talking about all the mm-hmm. time. It's mm-hmm. always, whether it's about art specifically or otherwise, it's still that lens I see my life through. Um, so that's that's very important to me, to me today. And, uh, you know, uh, just all the projects we just talked about, the wire figures, the woodworking projects, the, the deck I built in the backyard, uh, the concrete and mortar brickwork I've done, those, again, are important to me, things I, I still hope to – well, maybe not the concrete and mortar work so much anymore. I'm mean, 70 <laughs> years old. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting worn down to do the, the heavy-duty stuff like that. But I still want to do my art. I still want to uh, paint once in a while. Uh, I still want to continue to, to make things because uh, I get such joy out of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we also met uh, a person in, in our neighborhood who wants to create an art community and wants to invite friends that she's, or people she's met to show their art and just be around other artists. And I, from that, I realized, you know, I need to be, I need to be more inspired. I need to find an inspiration to do more of that because sometimes as an artist you, you can't you have to have inspiration to create you can't create without that there has to be mm-hmm. something there to drive you to do it uh, whether it be projects around the house or painting a picture or build, doing another wire man there has to be something to inspire you to motivate you to do it and I probably could do better in that area to get more motivated and maybe this art community will help me think more about oh I could I should do something else now that's that's really cool. You, yeah. you know, you mentioned mom, and I suppose if you think about it, and I never really did it until we were having this conversation, and how that how I relate to that, because I as I mentioned, I couldn't sew to save my life, right. but I did care about color, and so when mom would make my outfits, and I would babysit, I would go to Leeds on Saturday, and buy a pair yeah. of flats that match what I was wearing. That hasn't changed, except today I do it with chucks. Right. I I still, I'm a matchy, matchy girl. So in many ways, I get my influence that way through color, similarly to where you, you know, and, and another thing, Larry, that we both really love, and that is a form of art as well, is photography. That's true. I, mean, you I didn't are mention an that at all, did I? Photographer. I, I, I do. I love my photography, and I, I guess I didn't mention that only because it's harder nowadays the way things are to get out and go places and do things, be, go new places to do things, not same mm-hmm. places I've been to always before where I've already taken the pictures there, so I'm kind of done with that, you know. But uh, taking new trips, going new places, finding new things to photograph. Um, yeah, I always take my camera with me when I go on trips, you know. Always. I know. I know, and we've had some together. So let me ask you: This is this is where you're going to get your Kleenex out, all right? So, have you had any experiences that have played a major change in your life? Well, thank you for saying that slowly, giving me time to gather myself. 
So give me a second. I'll, uh, I'll be right there. Okay. I can relate. Because when you ask me that question, the first thing that comes to mind is dad. Okay. Because uh, to me, um, dad was my hero. I know. And um, I remember when he passed away and all the people that came to the funeral, you know. Right. And, and I remember his older, his later years, how he mellowed out. I mean, yeah, was, he was a difficult dad to start with, sure. I mean, you know, you see jump, you set out high. So he was stern, you know. He was, mm-hmm. he was, he was, he challenged us. And uh, we had to <laughs> follow certain dictate to that, you know. But when he got older, he mellowed and I just remember so many people talking about what a kind person he was and how he mm-hmm. and how he milled out and and you know, he's my model. Right, and and a good model. And might I also add, because you won't say it, <sighs> and so are you, because that's who you've become. Because you are also that model. Because that's yeah. one of the things that you learned. But right. you had some other pretty significant changes in your I life, do, Larry. I do. And, of course, you know, going to school and getting my teacher credential, that was very big because I taught for 35 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along that way, uh, the unfortunate thing was Jan got cancer, and she battled her colon cancer for 22 months before she finally uh, lost the battle. So mm-hmm. I, I learned from that, you know, hey, you know, life is short. Yes. Life is short. You got to live your life. Life is short, and right now it's a little hard to do that. You know what's going on, but life is short. Got to try and enjoy and, and treasure every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, then I got colon, colon cancer, and uh, but I won that battle. But you I beat it. Early. I beat it thanks to my wife. You sure did. I beat it. And she's the one that prompted me and bugged me to get a colonoscopy. I said, okay, I'll do it. I don't right. want to drink that gallon of fluid, but okay, I'll do yeah. it. I got not, thank I God not the gallon of fluid I drink. There's different different, different solutions. Yes. So, yes, and then they, and they said, said I, okay, I'll do it. And then lo and behold, talked to them and says, well, Larry, we, we believe you have, uh, you have colon cancer. I go, oh, right. shit, shoot. Mm-hmm. That's not what I said, actually. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, but uh, we caught it very early able to remove it from the colon. I had no further complications with that. No, right. no, I had no radiation, no chemo, nothing. It was all gone. But and you know, Larry, now, yeah, what? Yes, babe. but I want to I interrupt you right here because okay. you've talked about your relationship with Dad. You mm-hmm. talked about the fact that Jan passed away. But there was another pretty significant change in your life a couple of years yes. after Jan passed. Right, which I'm getting to that too, yes. but um, I'd like you to share that. Okay. Uh, so uh, after Jan passed away, I, I met Beth. And um, <laughs> while Larry gathers himself, let me tell you how this relates back to our dad. Because Larry's a golfer. Did I, did he mention he got a hole in one? No, because he's oh, modest. Oh, right. I did. But yeah, he did. I did. I but one. it was through your golfing buddies <laughs> right. that you met that, Jan. I mean, that you met Beth. Beth I'm Beth. sorry. Yes, that's right. 
right. I'm I'm, I'm 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 getting um let's see myself. <laughs> but and, that's uh, how we don't see them, that, but yeah, anymore. But yeah, that's how I met Beth. That's right. And yes. Uh, you know, um uh, you know, Beth and Jan were very different people. Uh Yes. Beth, they both had what I needed when I needed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beth, the biggest heart of anyone I ever known. God. And uh, that's her, putting it mildly. I wish she could laugh at my stupid jokes. Uh, <laughs> you know, she'd always tell me that weren't funny, but I still laughed at them anyway myself, as she didn't. But uh, you know, I I just loved her for for those two things. When I met her, I thought, my God, you know, this is my second soulmate. Absolutely. Right. Not what everybody is that fortunate. Yeah, have one mm-hmm. and then have a second one. Yeah, that's very yep. lucky to have that. You bet. So, um, and now, well, I know you weren't, I, I was just going to say, I, I'm dealing with prostate issue. My dad had prostate cancer, diagnosed with that too, but I'm going to beat that also because it's early. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, You've caught it early, Lair. Caught it early, and I'm going to beat that too. Yes, you are. So. Yes, you are. That's, pretty, that's a pretty big experience to deal with. I mean, you know, people foo foo, you know, prostate cancer, but cancer is cancer, people. You know, you have cancer, yep. you have cancer. And yep. the only thing you do is beat it. And, so and you did. Beat it. And you I'm will. And I'm going to do it again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I guess I, uh, I'm going to just say this really briefly because I, w- I would rather stay on the positive side of life here, but. When Butch died 13 years ago, so unexpectedly, at the right. Staples Center, it was just like yeah. alive. Went out for breakfast, drove the Staples Center, sits down, dies. Um, t- totally a much different experience that you had with Jan. Right. And I remember so specifically you calling me two days after Butch died. I don't even think he had been buried yet. And you're crying because right. you're a crier. You, 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 you cry for the two of us. And I was like, I know you're really upset about Butch. And, he said, and you said, no, actually, I'm calling to tell you about Jan. And I went, oh, my God. And so there I was, an, an instant widow, and there you were, a man with, whose wife was very ill, and I became affectionately known as her chemo sabi, and I took Jan to her chemo um, um, treatments because I think you were you hadn't quite retired yet, right? No, no, I didn't retire till the end of that year. Right. So I needed something. She she saved me while I was helping to save her. So we became very close. And while certainly I'm the extrovert and she was the introvert, we were there together, and I did that with her. So, she did, and I appreciated you know, that so much. Well, we, we all did. So, so let's talk about the future, because there's some pretty exciting things coming up for you. So what's, what's coming up in your future? Was there something else before that you wanted to mention? I'm going to have you, Larry, I would like to conclude our podcast with your talented poem. 
Okay. So okay. I'd like you sure. to save that to the end, and I will sure. leave that at the end because I think it would be a beautiful way to conclude this time together. That's so let's true. let's talk about what's going on in the future because there's some pretty exciting things happening. Right. I mean, first of all, we're we're blessed that we have a, a blended family between you know Daniel and Rachel, my kids, and Beth's kids, Danielle and Lauren. And, uh, and they all get along, which is, I mean, great. You know, and there's not no distension in the family, so that's that's important to my to the future, as far as I'm concerned. But along with that, Daniel's getting married this year to make to Megan. A long time coming, but finally this June uh, he's getting married. A month and from getting, today, Larry. Yeah, I know. Shit, I said it's a month from today. <laughs> Dang, oh, where's the time going? And then Lauren's getting married. To Mark, and they've been together for like five, seven years, and Daniel was with Megan for like five years before they finally decided to tie the knot. So she's getting married in September, so that's really exciting, and and uh, we've seen her somewhat more lately because they've moved from Pittsburgh to Northern Cal. They're back in mm-hmm. California again, so now we can actually see them. You know, they drive up North San Francisco area, but they're, at least they're not in Pittsburgh. You know, right? So uh, that's that's just really great too, and. Uh, and we're hoping for grandkids, you know, down the road here. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's exciting. I know both are interested in having a family. And uh, so we're looking for that down the road, and that's going to be exciting for us as well. And mm-hmm. besides that, of course, in the future is I'm hoping that when things get better, Beth and I to travel more. I just want to travel more. Yes. I want to go more places, you know. We've, we've had a chance to travel quite a bit. But it's been slower lately with all that's going on, especially and with two weddings this year on top of that. So <laughs> a little crimp in the budget there. But, sure. uh, you know, so uh, that is something definitely we have on the horizon here is we want to go to Europe still. We want to take a river cruise. We want to take another maybe another ocean cruise. We want to, you know, we want to see other parts of the country. Uh, just There's a lot of things we want to do, and we're hoping we have the opportunity to do those things as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been a lot of places. We've been a lot of places. I've been a lot of places before too, and there's still more places to go see for sure. I would agree. And you know, it's interesting. You had mentioned your blended family with your kids, and I I failed to mention the fact that I also have children. Um, my son Dave and Eva live in Tucson, and um, he works for the University of Arizona, and she works for the Pima County school district, um, community school district. Um, My daughter Julie and her husband Morris um, live in Hawthorne now, which is a blessing in my life because they do live close. I'm able to see Julie and Morris every Saturday, which is, you know, the the cherry on on the Sunday at the end of the week. It's something that I so look forward to. Um, unlike you, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't ride the freeways. You're right. And just unlike like you, um, I did, but I don't any longer. Um, yeah. um, I have fur babies, so Dave right. and Eva have the two dogs. Julie and Morris have the two cats, and so you know that those are those are my fur babies. But um, you had yeah, mentioned. Do I have a fur baby? <laughs> but it's a dog, yes, not you a cat. do, Larry. Do you want to mention? <laughs> You want to mention your dogs, uh, and, and then maybe you could bring in Danielle to that part of the subject. Yeah, well, sure. So you know we've lived a life of dogs, you and I, and um, yes, 
Bootsy. Uh, Bootsy. And, and, you know, and with with Jen, we had cats because she didn't want dogs at first. So we had three cats, and I got an allergy to the cats, mm-hmm. so we had to get rid of the cats, basically. And then after that, we got Scooter at 14-plus right. years in the Westchester house. And, uh, you know, I've had dogs I've had dogs ever since. When Scooter passed away, then there, we had, we had, had, had uh, uh, actually had, had Molly as well. And Scooter oh, and Molly. Right. And Molly. Right. Molly didn't live as long as Scooter, but you know, and when they passed away, and and uh, that wasn't that long after that that got Roxy, and then Roxy was there when, with Jan before she passed away, and then after Roxy, then we had Simon and and uh, with Beth, and Roxy and Simon, you know, were were didn't were the best of friends, but they got along with each other and. And then, unfortunately, they passed away within six months of each other. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a dog for, like, for two years. But then we ended up getting two boxer massive uh, mixes because Danielle <laughs> wanted a dog. And she kept bugging us about saying, I want a dog, I want a dog. I said, I was trying to say, okay, we'll look online, we'll see what's around. She said, I want a dog. And finally, we found, Beth found these two dogs online. and said, oh, they're so cute, you know. Let's go look at them, okay, you know. Go look at the dogs and fell in love with them immediately. Mm-hmm. And so we got both dogs, and Danielle keeps the one brindle dog, Kaya, and I. We keep Bailey, but they're 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 litter twins, litter sisters, you know, and so they're together a lot of the time, one house or one house or the other, one place or the other. And uh, so, and yeah. they are beautiful, and they, they are, are beautiful big. dogs. So they, they do big. take you for a regular walk. Yes, well, I, I try to take them for a walk, but Bailey likes to take no. Beth for a walk. <laughs> but, yeah. but I try to get yeah. Bailey to say, Bailey, I'm walking you, you're not walking me. But it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. Yeah. Sweet dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're really a squirrel, and that's another story. And then all bets are off. Cat squirrel, <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll, they'll drag you. <laughs> that's it's yeah. funny we because we love our dogs, and you know, and and also in the future, I mean, I see Bailey. A long time in our future, you know. She's yeah. only three years old. She's right. gonna be around a long time, and I, whenever mm-hmm. she's not at home and she's with Danielle, it's like I miss I miss her already. Like, where's our dog? You know, she's not here. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's a void there. You know, when you don't have your pet, there's such a void there. You just God, you just sometimes you don't realize how much a void it really is when they're when they're when they're absent from you for the moment. You know. It's it's interesting because I only had the dog. When when we were kids, Butch and I never right. had dogs. We no. had cats. Right. We had Wilbur. We had right. Fred. We had Thursday. All male cats, outdoor cats. And then um, about well, this hasn't this was a year this past February, I believe. Um, Julie was looking on the Annenberg Pet Space um, um, website and saw this uh-huh. beautiful white with big black spots, for lack of a better word, on this cat that was available for adoption, named Kitty. Uh-huh. And so Julie says to me, Mom, you got to get this cat. Come on, we're going to go visit this cat because I think this would really enhance your life. You live alone. You have the big house. Right. This might be the perfect companion for you. Right. And you so, love it, Kitty. Yeah. Oh, I do. I, I, I do. She's just the sweetest thing, Miss Kitty. And when I, and it's funny because I didn't change her name. She came to me as Kitty. 
I sort of adopted the the Miss Kitty, which of course that makes me think of right. Gunsmoke. But um, right. <laughs> you know, uh, um, she she's my little baby girl, and uh, and I really do love her. But when I think about my future, yes, what about um, your future, Morse? Well, you know, so I'm I'm I celebrated my seventh year as hosting this radio show, first in the studio, yeah. then on the podcast um, in April. And I do it every week. Um, in fact, I'm going to do. I'm going to break with tradition. And on July the fourth, happens to be a Monday. I'm actually giving myself permission to not do a podcast that day. But other than that, you know, I love this. I have wonderful publicists that send me their their clients that all have interesting stories to tell. So I I love that. I love what you and I are doing, which is frankly what I consider to be an oral history. I would also love to travel again because you know what? Other than to go to, um, I did go to Florida to be with my to, with Butch's family for Fourth of July a couple of years ago. Right. I have been to Tucson to see Dave and Eva. You and I. This is pre-pandemic. You and Beth. Beth's brother and sister-in-law, Jared and Trish, Jared and, Trish uh-huh. and me, along with me, right. we went on right. an Alaska cruise. That was phenomenal. I can't believe I did some of the things I did. I cannot believe I got talked into, not because I wanted to, going on a zip line, but I did it. I was proud of yeah. myself. But, well. I mean... You know, and the thing is, we, when you talk about cameras, because these phones of ours right now take such terrific pictures, you know, right. I, I'm never without my camera. I have met people that I am still on Twitter and Instagram with because you and I went over to that man-made lake in Long Beach all those right. years ago. That right. guy, Steve Pacheco. Right. I, I we're still we I still see his art I still see right. his photography. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that's another thing that combines us. I mean, I think that that's really um, a beautiful thing that also um, combines us. But I want to give you the opportunity, and I know you're going to have to take your time, and you have the time, because I didn't even know this about you and your phenomenal skills. And that is your poetry. And you wrote a beautiful poem, Larry. Um, I'd like you to tell people the title of your poem, and I'd like you to read it and perhaps tell us why you wrote it. It's all yours. Well, before before I get to that, you know, this was not the first one I wrote regarding Beth. And uh, okay, um, the first one I wrote, which which was, you know the darker period of my coming out of uh, Jan's passing was a very strong poem. Not appropriate for this show necessarily, but uh, that's what got me started doing that. And I again, be, being inspired is is uh, a part of being able to do that. you got to be inspired. I've actually written her three different poems. Okay. Um, well, take so it away, I my brother. I, could, I, I didn't know I could do it either, you know. But this one is called My Rose. 
a fragile beauty with wondrous colors and scents galore. The petals fall. The petals fall, but the stems will stay strong. Wind, rain, dreary days, and a scorching sun. During seasonal times, you may be clipped, only to grow back stronger and more beautiful. When you're feeling weak, I will give you water. When you are hungry, I will give you nourishment. When you need a helping hand, I will prop you up. You are my love. Your smile blooms vibrantly like the petals of a flower. Beth, you are my rose. What woman would not want that? Larry, I will make certain that I put those written words on my website for people to read once again because it's a masterpiece. And can you just imagine as mom and dad, Sonny and Ida, well, his name was Al, but people called him Uncle Sonny. Yeah. As they, because mom didn't call him Sonny. No. Um, can you imagine what they would be thinking right now, having listened to their kids share these memories. It's, this is a privilege, and, and this is kept for perpetuity. This is saved. This is something our children will listen to five years from now, ten years from now. And I want you to know, how much I love you and what you mean to me as my brother. You are my brother. And you are my sister. Yep. And we are very fortunate and we are very grateful for that because we were raised in a wonderful family and we continue to be those wonderful families for our families. We are blessed to have a very strong, loving family family that we grew up with and uh just a just a great household you know and you bet yeah well my little brother i want you to go blow your nose (laughs) i'm gonna go blow mine (laughs) and thank you so much for joining me on this very special memorial day day because while dad obviously did not die in the war we do know that people did and dad did serve for his his country, and we're very grateful for his service as well. Yes, we are. So everybody, have a wonderful day. I hope you've enjoyed this trip around the planet with my brother and myself, and I look forward to having you join me again next week. Bye for now, everybody.